Hello, and welcome to another episode of Passion for Passions. I'm your host, Marcus, and I love passions. So, uh, this week is kind of a weird one. Um, I know normally I'm not covering that many episodes on a single podcast, but I've done it before, and I'm doing it again with this one covering episodes 306 to 330. Yes, it's actually quite a chunk of episodes and it's kind of because um, I got on this train, like something started and I, I was like, I need to see the conclusion or some conclusion, some resolution of some sort. And I wasn't getting it. So I just kept watching and watching and watching. I'm like, it can't be that far off, right? Of course, this is a soap opera. So yes, it can be that far off. But either way, um, we'll just start up with kind of how things were and where they progressed because it, in a, like for at least one of these, ep- 20 maybe? Of these episodes think no it's not even 20 uh for at least 10 of them there's kind of like a very clear thread and like main focus but yeah so as of 306 we you know we've still got uh Luis and sheridan in the cottage with hank and uh eve who is trying to explain that you know there was no murder that actually occurred sheridan just dreamed this because she felt guilty about uh, people saying that she killed her mother because she weakened her from childbirth, though she didn't die in childbirth either. It was just like later she died, but somehow that was Sheridan's fault. Um, but yeah, that whole thing is just sad because it's like, Sheridan, you know that there were, you know, you saw a psychiatrist before and that your family had paid them to basically say what they wanted to that you know you would not be uh, believing that you actually killed anyone and you never believed that before but now because eve is saying basically the same thing you believe it i guess i get that because eve seems i don't know local friendly not like they're that close they don't know each other really but it's still the same thing it's happening again you know alistair got to her so whatever um basically sheridan does believe it but Luis is not sure. He does wonder, you know, did the cranes get to you? You know, you can tell me I'm a cop. Like, I'll be, I'll, whatever. But, yeah. But that, that storyline kind of resolves for the time being that pretty much, uh, you know, Sheridan feels really good and thinks that she is, you know, not a murderer. And Luis is kind of, like, on the fence about that. But he isn't sure. Um, and he's just happy that Sheridan is happy. But will come with them later they are not able to be like oh i love you i'm gonna be with you now forever sadly so another crazy thing that's going on around this time is that there are snakes that evil charity has been putting into um a little room thing in the backyard of who whose house was this was this the bennett's house i don't even know where they were but anyway uh, you know, because Char- Evil Charity's like, Miguel, go in there and get something. And Miguel's like, okay. And K being K goes in after him into this dark little place. Uh, but yes, there are magically charmed sticks that are turning into black mamba snakes. And uh, that's bad. So they are freaking out. Um, K really doesn't do anything. She kind of just almost is almost passed out. She's so scared. And Miguel is smacking snakes with um, a little like couch cushion a little a little um, thing there but I don't know like 
in my experience or knowledge, I feel like a snake normally is not going to attack you unless you do something to really provoke it. For example, you don't look where you're going and you accidentally step on a part of a snake. You know, that's going to make them mad and want to attack you. Um, if they were just sitting there very still and quietly, I don't think they would have been attacked. I don't know, obviously, I don't know like, what black, black mambas do, but I kind of feel like they would have been okay to just kind of be very, very still and wait for help to come, of some sort of help. Uh, but no, Miguel is literally smacking snakes with a pillow. So I think that's very bad, but anyway, yeah. Either way, that's kind of going on with them, but they do manage to get out of it because I... Miguel's like, oh, I love you, Charity, forever, and Charity is there watching and kind of hears through her evil, you know, control. She hears good Miguel and that kind of... Or good Miguel. There's not an evil Miguel yet. Um, here's Miguel and it's like, oh, the love. Our love is so important. And I kind of feel like she, she tries to, you know, turn back good. Then she still loses? I don't remember what actually happens. I just know that they do get out. Oh, it's because Miguel eventually, I think, gets some sort of, uh, what is it, like a, a fire extinguisher and sprays the snakes with it. Um, again, I don't know that that would work. I guess it would shock them, but would it stop them? I don't know. Anyway, so he uses the fire extinguisher and they just kind of run out and it's fine. But whatever. That's kind of like, and nobody cares the parents are like, what? We'll call the cops. Or we'll call whatever. And so they go and look, and there's like, there's nothing there. There's just a bunch of sticks. Oh, remember when I thought there was a snake, but it was just a stick, Tabitha? Oh, that's so funny. Um, but nobody cares. Like, they're all like, oh, it's it's not a big deal. We're just, like, imagining. Like, are you kidding me? That is such a weird thing to imagine. And, like, what? Is everyone high then? Because how would you all imagine this scary-ass thing happening if it really, truly did not happen? That is so weird. Why does nobody question anything that happens in this town? Anyway, and that was kind of probably a couple episodes, not just 306, but, you know, that's where I started. So, yes. Um, the other big thing, and this is the big, 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 big capital B thing, is that Ethan is finally going to realize his interest in Teresa as like very serious and not fleeting up until now since he's been interested in Teresa he's been going around saying like I love two women and then everyone is like how could anyone love two people at the same time what that's impossible even though it's not um but yeah gone from that to now Ethan you know he goes into the home uh the Lopez Fitzgerald home He's there with Teresa. And what does he do? He doesn't... She says, like, you know, if you don't care about me or you don't love me, then walk away and leave. But he doesn't walk away. And he looks at her. And he's awake. And she is awake. And he makes out with her. Seemingly being, what? The answer. That he does love her. And Pilar is there in the background. She's just, like, looking. But she walks away because there's nothing she could do, right? She can't control their love. Um, and she's, you know, she's tried to do all kinds of things, but she couldn't stop it. So yeah, after that, then Ethan is like, I made a mistake. And I'm like, Jesus, man, will you stop with that? But he does, like, leave the, the little bit Gerald home. But you do wonder, okay, like, he does love her, seriously. But is he willing to leave Gwen for it, right? 
either way, he's you know he's still doing that thing. I love you, I love Gwen, um, which is like whatever. And he kind of indicates at some point that he loves them, but he loves them in different ways, which I would definitely get because he's known Gwen forever and been with her forever. So he's definitely got a love, maybe a familial love. But um, Teresa is like a new flame, passionate, so, so passionate. And I do kind of wonder, like, why does Ethan think that truly this is the love of his life when really, is it just because it's the first time he's really felt love maybe in, in a real way? Because, you know, he's been with Gwen for forever and like they've probably been told they're together since high school or something. And, you know, you kind of just live with that and you're like, oh, I'm just, I'm comfortable with this person. You know, I get to have sex with them or whatever. But at the end of the day, do I really care about them? Or is it just kind of like, I'm comfortable with this person? Versus Teresa kind of came in out of nowhere, dumped fish guts on him, dumped, you know, mustard on him, whatever. And uh, he fell for her. And now it's the first time he's kind of on his own without any guidance, without anyone forcing someone onto him, kind of just experiencing a love. And I could understand that because I don't know how old he's supposed to be. Let's say he's 25 because he went to law school or is going to it still. I don't know. Let's just say he's 25. And he never felt love before and now he is. It is a very impactful thing. I, you know. Um, so I, I just, I think he's so overwhelmed with it that he can't even really see past it. He can only see that or feel these intense emotions for Teresa and that he wants to be with her but he hasn't like been in that mood for that long he doesn't know yet like oh this is the honeymoon phase and uh, it will temper down somewhat in the future and maybe at that point you'll start to really you know as you live with someone or or with someone longer you finally start to see things about them that you didn't know you know you start to find annoyances with them and things that they do um, you realize that these people aren't perfect, right? But he hasn't gone to any of that yet. He's still in the, I am in love, you know, love-struck honeymoon. And uh, I wonder how that'll play out. Is he gonna, you know, what's gonna happen from that? Anyway, that's just me psychoanaly psychoanalyzing Ethan. Uh, he probably doesn't have that much going on in his head. Anyway, let's see what happened after that. Um, oh, we find out from earlier that uh, Gwen, who was called away because her father had a heart attack. He did not have a heart attack. He just had indigestion. Okay, fine, whatever. Stupid. I hate that. That's so dumb, and I don't understand. Whatever. Um, at some point, I think in episode 307, Ethan does say, though, I'm not going to marry Gwen next week. And I'm like, ooh. He's revealed that he's not going to be with her. Um, but again, we'll get to that more because that really is the key thread through most of these episodes that kept me interested was just to see what Ethan was going to do. Um, back to regarding the Black Mambas thing, nobody knows, nobody believes the children. And also Charity doesn't remember it happening either because she was controlled. But what can you do? Um, so let's see. We've got a lot of things going on where because of things with Ethan and Teresa, Alistair is starting to wonder what's going on and starting to question the upcoming marriage, uh, which become a thread as well. And I'm like, because at some point when Ethan says he's going to be honestly loves Teresa, I was like, is this a dream? 
is this another dream sequence? Because isn't that always the way it's been, is these dream sequences? But it's not. As we keep seeing, he is clearly intentioned to, yes, break off his wedding with Gwen, which is a, a leap from saying I love both women equally to I care more about one of them. I don't know. Maybe it's just because if you did love two women, you wouldn't be able to marry one just because it's like that's unfair to do that when you love someone else as well. I don't know. I don't know. But Teresa, you know, since she's back from the hospital with her one band-aid, um, Louis sees her and flips out because he sees the band-aid. He's like, what happened to you? And she's like, I got into a motorcycle accident without a helmet. She could have lied because that the only thing happened to her is that she has a scratch on her head. She could have just said, like, I don't even know what she could have said. She could have said she fell or something because that's, like, that's so extreme to tell Louise, oh, you know, I was just, I was just riding. I got hit by a car. Um, but whatever. So Louise flips out about that, as you would expect from an older brother. Um, but uh, he, he kind of gets, he chills out a little bit. Um, I guess, you know, he did with that, Teresa multiple times because she's trying to tell E about Ethan, you know, that she loves him and he loves her, but he doesn't want to hear it. So he doesn't hear it. She doesn't get it out. Um, but that happens throughout a couple episodes. A couple times it happens where he, she tries to tell him fails. There was something funny when Reese has this, like, Palm Pilot, which he's had since the prom boat disaster. So I don't know how that's safe unless he got a new one. I doubt, you know, electronics back in that point were, like, made to be waterproof, water-resistant to the degree they are now. But anyway, he has his little palm pilot. He's looking up horoscopes, and Grace gets upset by the stupid palm pilot horoscope. And I'm like, you're an adult. Don't take it so seriously. There's a couple things going on um, where Rebecca Hodgkiss, Gwen's mother reveals that she got her husband by stealing him from another woman. Um, I find that interesting and a, a bit confusing um, because was Rebecca Hodgkiss wealthy? Why would a wealthy man marry her? Like if we're giving the suggestion that all, all rich families only marry other rich families? Or was she like somewhat rich as well? Just not as rich? I don't know. So I don't know how that happened. I guess it could be Initially, he was married to another rich person, but then he broke it off to be with his side fling. I don't know. I don't know. But either way, we see Rebecca is, like, so obsessed with Teresa as being a potential man-stealer because Rebecca has personal experience with doing that herself. So maybe she sees some signs. I don't know. Um, Ethan is, you know, as we know now, is interested in breaking off his marriage to Gwen. So he talks to Sheridan about it, and I wrote in my notes, Sheridan accepts Ethan's madness. Because she does. She, you know, she's like, you are a nut. And do you even know that you really love this girl? And you're not just lusting after her very strongly. But, you know, if that's what's going to make you happy, okay, I'll, I'll be okay with it. And it's okay to do that. So, you know, despite the fact she knows things are going to be very bad for everyone if this happens. Um, but it is what it is. Um, because of Rebecca constantly being like, Teresa's trying to steal your man. Uh, Julian tries to calm her down by giving her, like, his grandmother's pearls, which are, like, priceless artifacts, super rich and ritzy as well. And that does shut Rebecca up. She's like, oh my god. Oh my god, now I know. 
that this is a real relationship and it's the wedding is not gonna fall through because uh, you gave me these irreplaceable, you know, millions of dollars worth of jewelry. So fine. But again, these are things that keep occurring to make it harder for Ethan to be able to reveal his honest feelings because everything keeps stacking up against him to make it so much harder for him to break it off. And that's the main push-pull, right? It's, is, is Ethan going to do it? Is he going to go through it, through with the wedding? Or is he going to be honest? So yeah, that's the kind of through line which kept me watching these many episodes. Um, but let's see what else there was. Oh, there was some evilness with Kay because Kay is a freak. Also, we got a different Kay at some point, another, another Kay. So this is the third Kay actress. I believe, right? We had the original good one. We had a kind of boring one. Now I've got this other one who's mm, also kind of boring. I don't know. But anyway, we've got Kay saying to Whitney because Whitney and Chad are getting close again. So Kay has to tell her something to stop that closeness. And Kay tells Whitney that Chad got a girl pregnant and that, you know, he is not sticking around with her. He is pretending he doesn't even know her now. I was like, oh my god, that is evil too. Kay, where are you coming up with these super evil, like, lies? You lie about Simone being, you know, having an eating disorder, and now you lie about Chad getting someone pregnant? Where are these coming from? Is she just, like, sitting at home watching soaps all day? Because these are deep, mean, cruel things that she's saying, and very dramatic things as well. Maybe she's just watching after-school specials, I guess. Um... But anyway, that's like so mean and that causes Whitney to totally flip and like totally just try to ignore Chad constantly because she's like, I I want nothing to do with a man who's going to do that. And I understand. But she just like flips it on dime, believing Kay that this is true, um, which is unfortunate because we know, all of us know, Kay is just a stupid little bitch, liar. So why would you trust her? But it is what it is. And that carries through in some episodes where basically as a result of um, this lie that for some reason Whitney calls like, okay, we know why she calls. Um, she calls where Chad was living initially and, you know, reports it because she wants them to hopefully, you know, make that building nicer and safer. But instead the building gets condemned. So Chad cannot leave when Whitney's very much trying to say, get out of my house. Um, because he's healed now, no more bleeding Chad, um, realizes he can't go back to his old place because it was condemned. So as a result, he doesn't know what to do. Simone invites him to stay at her house again until, you know, he can find a new room. And so that's what happens. But unfortunately, Chad is like, I don't have enough money to, like, rent all these rooms. They're all too much money. I could only afford this shitty place. Um... But so the Russells are like, okay, you can actually stay in this like other, you know, this detached part of the house or whatever. It's it's like your own room and entrance, so you'll be fine. Um, unfortunately for Whitney, that's like Whitney's room and Chad's room share a wall, so he can she can hear like when he plays music and stuff. And at some point, when he's like hammering something on the wall. She, like, touches the wall and is, like, feeling the vibrations, I guess, of Chad. She's like, oh, because she obviously wants to be with Chad, but she also doesn't want to because she thinks he's a piece of trash now. Um, but I'll say that wall moment, just, like, feeling through the wall and emotions and, and longing 
reminded me of um, The Wicker Man because there is a wall seduction scene through wall seduction. Um, and I recently watched The Wicker Man. Uh, this is the original. I don't know if the wall, wall seduction is in the Nick Cage version. Maybe it is. Um, but yeah, I was like, wow, that's very reminiscent. Although not nearly. It would be hilarious. Oh my god, if that scene were recreated somehow in Passion, I would flip my lid. That would be so funny. Um, especially if it was Chad who was doing the seducing. But anyway, that's kind of like multiple episodes in when all that happens. But let's, yes, yes, let's get back to... Uh, as part of that, though, Eve does realize that Chad isn't bad, but, you know, still isn't, like, quite sure about her, him being with her, her children in any, you know, romantic capacity. But, yeah. Um, Teresa has a nightmare at some point about Gwen and Louise at her wedding to Ethan, and them being like, yeah, we object and being crazy. Like, yes, that's absolutely how it play out, I think, if it were happening. But yeah, Ethan shows up basically to the house. He kisses Teresa immediately, and Pilar is like agog. I don't know how to explain the face and reaction, but it's very funny. I had a laugh at Pilar's reaction to them kissing, you know. Um, and apparently at this time there was like six days till the wedding or whatever, but we keep progressing through the episodes. Um, there's one thing that Ethan says to Teresa, um, quote, you have been a hurricane that ripped through my life. And I wrote, how romantic. <laughs> because that sounds so mean. It's not like a romantic thing at all. It sounds horrible. But anyway. Let us continue from here because I'm only on like episode 311 so far. Oh yeah, because Hank has been doing nothing. Hank gets contacted by the man in France who still wants to kill Sheridan. Again, why... Nobody is asking Sheridan about, you know, the murder or whatever happened about drug deals. Like, just leave her alone. Who cares? Clearly she's hard to kill because multiple people have died trying to kill her. Like, get over it. She's not doing anything. She doesn't care. She probably doesn't remember what you look like. So, let it be. But no. Hank has to kill her. Although, that doesn't really go anywhere in these episodes. He doesn't attempt anything. He just kind of went randomly around sometimes to be stupid so I don't know um, and I think it's funny because when I thought about it I was looking at Hank a little bit and he is very much like 90s perception of hunk but today he looks he's just so derpy and but all the other men are still you know they've got a look that's not timeless necessarily but still looks good it's just really Hank's hair that hairstyle is not in vogue right now for men. Um, it hasn't been since the 90s, really. So that means they'll probably come back in, like, five years. But, yeah, well, versus, you know, the other guys who just kind of got more traditional haircuts. I mean, I guess Luis has, like, gelled hair. Um, but it's okay. It's not terrible. But yeah. Yeah. Anyway, enough about that little aside to people's hairstyles. Um, let's see... As what continues going on time and time again, Ethan wants to tell Gwen, but every time he tries, there's people around and he can't do it, obviously. Um, Luis and Sheridan kind of want to talk to each other and want to be together, but they can't because Sheridan remembers finally the whole thing where she saw Luis saying main things that he was using her. 
Of course, we, the viewer, know that that was not Louise. That was a man wearing a Louise mask, who I guess also gives him the exact same height, body type, and voice of Louise. Very impressive. Um, but either way, um, it's because of that that she cannot be with him. She feels like that he's been keeping a secret. He's been lying to her. And she gives him the opportunity to basically, you know, she's like, I, they finally reveal to each other what it was that made her run away to begin with. And it was, yes, this moment where she saw Louise saying that he was using her. And Louise is, of course, like, I didn't say that. I never said that. She's like, yes, you did. I saw you. So as a result, Louise even thinks about it. Like, did I ever say anything like that? Even joking to somebody. And he realizes, no, definitely not. I've never said that. I've never said that at all. Um, so he knows that this is not possible. But Sheridan, because she saw it and heard it, she cannot view it as anything else but fact. So she is upset and she basically even tells Louise, like, please just tell me you did this and like we can we can start again. We can be together. Because at least you're honest and telling me this happened. But he cannot lie. He is like Abraham Lincoln cannot tell a lie. He is not willing to go against his principles, even though it would get him what he wants, which is to be with Sheridan. So he cannot lie to her. He can only keep saying, I never said those things ever. And I wish that in these per these series of episodes, they could think about that a little bit more and consider other potential possibilities. Like if Sheridan really saw this and Louise really didn't say this, what did she see, right? Like, is there no way they could think about that a little bit more? Again, if they could find the stupid Louise mask, which is still in the Crane Mansion, then that would, like, I think, clear things up very fast because it's like, why is there this mask here? And then you'd be like, oh my god, someone wore a Louise mask. Um, but no one no one has gone there yet. I assume it will happen because why else keep that mask around all this time? I don't know. I don't know. But it hasn't happened yet. It did almost before, like, they almost found the mask, but then they didn't. But I was glad that it finally came out what she saw and what made her leave because they've been dancing around that for a while. So yeah. Um, <laughs> I think some point during these episodes we also finally see that Alistair does have literal security cameras in the Crane Mansion so that's how he is aware of everything that happens all the time. Although he's not aware of everything that happens all the time because he's missed out on Ethan and Teresa macking out and all this stuff. So... I don't know, like, why he doesn't see some things, but he sees other things. Unless he does know, but he, he acts like he didn't know. And he acts like he doesn't know Teresa later on when he... Yeah, me, me, me. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Either way. There is a suggestion at some point that the Crane's gazebo has a secret in it. And the suggestion seems to be that Martin is buried there. And I was like, oh, is that true? That's very interesting if so. And that kind of, like, almost explains that little, like, what is it that like there's like a little I don't know what you'd call it like a little thing denoting that Martin made this gazebo or it's like in, like a dedication almost plaque and it's like is that why because Martin is in it or under it oh my gosh um <laughs> so let's see oh because it's coming to a head in the crane mansion Ethan is gonna tell that you know Gwen the wedding is over but just as he's about to, Gwen's friends from college all show up. And I'm like, God, 
damn it, can this please stop? And I'm feeling like frustrated as Ethan is. There's never an opportunity to get her alone and tell her. Even though he keeps saying, please, I need you, have you alone. Please, I need to tell you something. She just keeps ignoring it, answering phone calls, hanging out with her friends, doing everything to avoid them. If you really need to be alone with someone, you could be. You could say, oh my god, I'm so happy to see all you guys. I really need to do something really quickly. Just a moment. And take Ethan away and go somewhere. Go to the bathroom if you can't like get into a locked room. Just like get away so you can do. This guy is clearly dying to tell you something. I'll let him tell you. Um, I suppose there's a possibility that Gwen knows something bad is going to happen. And therefore, she doesn't want to hear it. Um, and I kind of feel like that could be as well. Or that she's just so dense. She's so stupid. She doesn't realize anything is going on. And she's like, hey, yeah. And he's like, whatever. Maybe that's it. I don't know. I don't know what Gwen's thinking, really. She's like an interesting character, but she kind of... I can't like really get into her head. At least not at this point. Um, so yeah. And it was around this point where I just like... Because Ethan continues to not be able to tell Gwen... I started to get in my head like the most dramatic like imagining of what could happen with this plotline. Is that Ethan goes all the way to the wedding... And the I do's, and um, and when there's like the thing where the guy says if anyone should not get married, or if maybe at the I do's, that Ethan is like, no, I can't marry you, Gwen, in front of everybody. I was like, that would be the most dramatic thing ever, and I could see that happening because this is a soap opera. But that actually does not end up happening. Spoiler, uh, because I watched enough episodes to see what does happen. Um, at least, I mean, I guess it could still happen actually. Uh, but it hasn't happened yet. Okay. So, at some point in this whole thing, let's go back to, to the Russells. Um, Whitney wants to talk to the girl that got pregnant, uh, but Kay's like, no, you can't, uh, because she ran away. And he's like, oh, okay, whatever. Um, that's kind of, especially since it's apparently a girl that they know vaguely of, that's a very like harsh and challenging lie to try to go with because what if she sees her at the book cafe? She's gonna be like, "What? I she ran away and she came back." Um, she Kay did say she she miscarried though, so it wouldn't be like, "Oh, why are you not pregnant now?" She wouldn't know. Um, but either way, they are. So Whitney wants to know, but she can't know because there is no there is no pregnancy check on nobody pregnant. So, you know, it is what it is. Um, again, with Teresa, uh, she gets invited to Gwen's girl lunch and has to go. Also, Gwen's friends are so annoying, and it's like, what is this supposed to be? Like, this is not how real people act, I think. Um, but the girls are all like, they all speak in unison. They all say this stupid chance. It's like, oh my god, get out of here. What is wrong with you? You guys act like you have no purpose in life except to be Gwen's friend. Like, ew, what a useless life that is. Um, but yeah, so Teresa does have to go to the girl lunch. And that's like, well, fine. I guess that doesn't hurt, except that now everyone's going to get to know you better. And eventually, you like, want to tear you limb from limb. <laughs> um... Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, Gwen just continues to shoot her mouth off to make things more dramatic. She's like, Teresa can be our godmother of our child, you know, stuff like that. 
it's annoying. It's very annoying that that continues to escalate. But I mean, that's the point, right? It's it's to be more troublesome, more dramatic, more difficult. Either way, during this little party with Gwen and her friends, they do this like thing where you have to like pull a ribbon out of something. And like the length of the ribbon will determine how long you'll be married or in love or something. And Gwen pulls like the smallest stupid little thing ever. And everyone's like silent. They're like, oh my god. I've never seen this before. Oh my god. What does this mean? And um, as a result of that, you know, Gwen is like gobsmacked for a moment before she's just like, you know, like clearly on the verge of tears, but it's like, oh, it's these are so stupid games. I never trust them anyway. Ha 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 ha. I was just pretending to be upset. Ha 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 ha. Um, but yeah, clearly she was upset, and clearly everyone else was shocked as well. Um, this shouldn't be possible because obviously someone put together that themselves, and they should have only had long strings or whatever. They shouldn't have had a tiny little one to begin with. But this is a soap opera, so of course it's there. Anyway, very funny moment to me and very sad as well because it's like Gwen having a moment of thought about, you know, not having having a relationship with Ethan, which I don't think she has ever really conceived of before, I guess, except when she did think that, you know, Teresa was trying to steal him. But even then she wasn't like, I don't know what she was thinking then exactly either. But yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's scary. You know, there is another kind of plot that goes on as well. It kicks off where there is a school project being done and Miguel and Charity are working on it together and they're doing something like they're looking up Tabitha Lennox and they see like, oh, there was a Tabitha Lennox here when Harmony was founded like 300 years ago with the Pilgrims. And so they're like, oh, wouldn't it be funny if it's the same Tabitha? <laughs> um, and, but uh, of course we know it is the same Tabitha because uh, she's been like alive through time apparently she's a witch but um they don't know that and they just think that every time a new daughter is born that they always get the name tabitha in that family which i guess could be is that yeah actually is there like a feminine version of like the junior or the second or third like normally i only hear those those name additions for men now i think about it hmm i don't know I don't know. But yeah, so we got this whole thing going on where the kids are going to go out to the ruins, the Harmony ruins, to do research for their essay. I don't know how that makes any sense. Like, what are you doing? Like, you're not going to... I mean, unless it's like a historical site that has like tour guides or has a museum where you could get some kind of first-hand knowledge that you could put into your essay like what does going there do unless you're taking pictures and then you can take some photos and add it into your essay but usually i was putting pictures in essays so i don't know what they're doing exactly they're just like stupid kids are like oh this goes where um and uh talithan volunteers herself to be a chaperone for them and so she goes i think because she's trying to like keep an eye on not k on charity there's like a whole push-pull where first she wants to like remove the, the pendant from Charity and also then she wants to give it back to Charity. Um, I don't know, because these spirits in the pendant or whatever really don't like Tabitha. So that's why they don't want it to come back. But then also sometimes they do want evil Charity to help with killing Miguel, I guess, uh, to make Charity evil for real. 
But anyway, I don't know for sure what all that's about, but they do go to the ruins. And throughout the episodes, the kids have their moments. There's another funny moment with Kay where she tries to, you know, slide into Miguel's um, sleeping bag, but actually it's Reese, because of course it is. And she like shows him a condom. And when she does that, there's like a slide whistle sound effect, you know, what the implication there is there. And it's very funny to me. And Reese is very funny. And I wish that Kay would just like take advantage of the situation because that wouldn't that be more evil Kay like to take advantage of Reese? I mean, she is already, but to like take advantage of his body uh, because he is a very handsome person and he's very muscular. You just can't tell because he's always wearing these big sweaters so they stick them in to make him look nerdy. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Either way, that doesn't happen. You know, she says stop and he does stop. I'm always glad that Reese, despite these confusing messages from Kay, that he always does end up, you know, listening to her and not proceeding to do things. So I'm glad that Reese is written that way as a, a relatively good guy just being strung along, unfortunately. And I do have to wonder why he still cares for Kay because she's always mean to him almost all the time. She never kisses him intentionally, you know, all this stuff. So I don't know. But while they're there, um, some stuff happens, confusion, some mystery. Uh, but the big climax of that scene that I've seen so far is that, um, well, there's a couple things. First, Kay kisses Miguel to try to say how she feels about him, but then he's like, he misinterprets it. It's like, oh, you feel that way about Reese. Stupid, Miguel, you're stupid. Um, but then when Miguel goes looking for charity, evil charity uses her magical breath to create a lot of wind that makes him fall into a mine shaft, which is fully just there. No guardrail, no nothing. I guess these ruins are really just ruins and there's nothing done to like try to stop accidents from occurring in the modern day. I don't know. But yeah, so he falls down the mine shaft and then after that, um, Kay is coming and she gets booted off by evil Charity and she falls down. And then Charity falls down as well because I believe Tabitha pushes her in. Everyone's just pushing each other into these holes. Um, so that they're, those three are all down the mine shaft right now. <laughs> so that's where that is. And that's where I, uh, that's the most I've seen basically is just they kind of Charity and uh, Kay wake up kind of in the mine shaft and notice that Elise, I mean Miguel is there too. Fun moment. I wonder how they're going to get out of there. The whole mineshaft thing reminds me a bit of, what is it? There's like a game that came out recently. Not Life is Strange, but by the same people who did Life. No, it is Life is Strange. It's Life is Strange Two Colors, yeah. Where there's like a mineshaft that figures heavily into the storyline. Of course, I'm sure this is going to be nothing like that. But it just, you know, at the moment reminded me because I don't see a lot of mineshafts in, uh, you know, stories a lot, I guess. Um, and let's see... So Ethan, still angry, still wanting to tell the truth. Um, and at some point during that, I don't know, college friend's bridal shower? Is it a bridal shower? A bachelorette party? I'm not sure what it is. But um, so while they're there, Ethan calls and is like, I need to tell you something. And so she's like, okay, come, come to the event and um, we can talk. And so he comes and he's like, is everyone gone? Yes. But really, all the sisters and Teresa are hiding behind this little thing 
so that they can hear Ethan proclaim his love. And he does, actually. He does say, you know, Gwen, I love you, right? Um, and he's going to try to tell her, but Ta 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 Tabitha's not there. Teresa knocks over this, like, platter. And so Ethan, like, suddenly realizes he's not alone. All the girls come out sheepishly. And he's like, Gwen, how could you do that? Um, and he's, like, very mad. And Gwen tries to play it off to her friends and herself, like, oh, you just don't want everyone to hear. You're so shy and silly. But really, Ethan was very mad. And that is not something you just wave away. It's not in my opinion. So that's what's going on there. Um, oh my gosh, I forgot something really intense that happens, actually. Um, because when everyone does leave, Ethan and Teresa are still there. And they are talking about how they need to be honest with Gwen. And they're just kissing each other in public. Where all your friends had just been. This is like, people do this all the time in the show, but it's like, stop. Someone could hear you, see you, anything. So they're kissing and then they're talking. And of course, Rebecca Hodgkiss does see it. She sees them kissing. She's like, oh. And then she hears that they're talking about you know, the wedding's going to be off. And then she passes out. Funnily enough, Ethan and Teresa do not see the past that Rebecca, they just like walk right past her. I guess because they're not directly in her, she's not directly in their path. But it's so funny that they just like miss this passed out woman. Like one of the attendants at the at the country club or whatever notices her. It's like, oh my God, are you okay? And she is okay. She just like passed out from shock, I guess. Um, I don't know how passing out really works, but it is. Um, Around this time, which is like episode 318, we do get to see TC reveal something as well. Another reveal um, is basically explaining his backstory and why he hates Julian so much, which we've already seen bits and pieces of, but now I kind of see the whole picture, which is that he he did beat Julian once in tennis. And as a result, Alistair got extremely mad at Julian's like, you must win, you can't lose. Um, and lots of racism going on in this part as well. But as a result of that, Julian, knowing he couldn't beat him by skill, decides to play dirty. And what he does is either himself drive into TC's car, or maybe he hired someone to do this, but someone drives into TC's car and like basically forces him into an accident. And as part of this accident, he hurts his leg really bad. He hurts his knee and is unable to play against Julian. Therefore, Julian wins by default in that next match and continues on while... TC is left with an injury that is never fully healed or never fully, you know, recovered in his knee, which means why he cannot play tennis anymore and why he is so, you know, focused on his daughter, his daughter Whitney, learning how to play tennis and becoming a star because he wants to live out that fantasy through Whitney, the, you know, the life he could not have had because he was cut short. So that's, that's finally, now we already knew in general that you know, Julian did something to TC, which ruined his tennis career, and we've already seen the limping of the leg. We know something happened there. But this is the first time I think we get direct explanation. And I think the only thing is that TC still doesn't know exactly that it was Julian who was in the car or directed the car, but he knows it must have been. And I agree because Julian, I think, you know, says that it is that as well, that he did do that. He did take care of it in his own way, his very Julian way, right? Uh, but it is what it is. Um, there's like a random thing that happens when Luis and Teresa are talking. 
And he says, you know, like, if you loved, if you really loved Ethan or something, that he would send her away. And I'm like, send her where? And how? For one, you're not her father, you're her, her brother. And two, how old is she? If you sent her away, like, what would it be? At most one year? Because she's like 17? And then she could come back because she's an adult? Sent her away where? What do you, what? Sco like, school? Anyway, I was very confused by that. It only came out once and it hasn't been brought up since as like a valid, like, thing to be afraid of. So I don't know, but I was very confused by that. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I don't know. It's just like weird. Um, at some point, Ivy says this, this statement. Uh, True love should be able to flourish regardless regardless of the consequences. And I was like, okay, Ivy, you remember you said that when Ethan reveals that he loves Teresa, okay? <laughs> uh, but yeah. Oh, there's a total, like, a random plot that happens in the middle of this that I totally forgot about. Oh my god. Which is when Luis and Sheridan are going to go to the party. The This is like the wedding party that's going to happen the night before the wedding that they run into a random child on the side of the road. And the kid is like, I was looking for this midwife, but she's not available. My mom is about to give birth. And so they go to help. And they want to call the police, but they, or not the police, but you know, they want to call an ambulance or something. But the woman is like, no, I don't want to go to the hospital. And so she's like, it's not a big deal. You know, I've had so many kids before. You know, I'll be fine, I'll last till morning, whatever. And so there's like some funny moments where Louise and Sheridan are taking care of these children and trying to do it well. And Sheridan's very bad at it because she doesn't have like life experiences of that nature. Um, and Louise saves the day and helps in all these ways and blah, blah, blah. Then the woman, of course, gives birth and they help her with that. And it's a very emotional moment, you know. Um, and then this woman gives her unsolicited advice to Sheridan and Louise to be like, you guys need to kiss. You guys are clearly meant for each other. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. Thing that many people have been saying that everyone seems to say whenever they catch a glimpse of Louise and Sheridan, you know, they just can't stop but be very, I don't know, like wanting to tell them what to do. Like the lady at the police station and now this lady. Just like everyone, even Eve, you know, everyone wants to see them together. Everyone is rooting for them. Even though this is like when they first meet them. So, very funny. But it's happening. Um, and at the end of that, like, they still haven't come together so far. But it did seem to, like, make Sheridan realize, yes, she does love Luis. And she would really love to be with him. But she cannot trust him still, of course. Because from her perspective, she should not trust a man who, is, who has not told her the truth about this very big thing that he said he was using her. Um, so she, she's still not over that, which is, I guess, fine. So, yes. Rebecca confronts Ethan at the wedding, pre-wedding party to say, like, I saw, I know this is what you're trying to do and you can't do that. You've got to, like, wait until after the wedding to, to tell Gwen, basically. Not after the wedding, but after this party tonight, which is the day before the wedding. Um, and Rebecca's clearly scheming, and she gets Teresa at the party uh, because she wants to basically make her so upset she'll leave. So what 
Rebecca does is basically make up a story that Gwen was Gwen that Ethan was telling his friends that he was using a local girl. And then later she's like follows it up with, Oh my god, Teresa, no way, was he talking about you? I can't believe he used you. That's so sad and so cruel, but these are this is what crane men do. Um, well, I'll give you a ticket to anywhere in the world, a plane ticket anywhere, uh, so you can get away and uh, feel better. And at first, Teresa doesn't want to, like, go with that. Um, she doesn't believe it exactly. But she hears Ethan talking to, uh, Chad, and only hears part of the statement, because that's what everyone always does. They always hear a part of the statement, which is where he's recounting what his dad was telling him to do about using Teresa, um... And of course, when she runs away, he continues to say, you know, that's what my father told me to do, but I could never do it. I could never do that to someone. Of course, she missed it. She just hears straight from his lips that, yes, he uses her. He was having fun. He was just a cr being a crane and uh, runs away, wants to very much take up Rebecca on her flight offer. Whitney's around for a while, tries to temper her uh, problems and... There's like, because we know at this point when Teresa goes back home with Whitney that there are the Ethan papers in a, they're no longer in the attache case. They are in a suitcase now. And what is Teresa doing? She's planning to leave. So she needs a suitcase. She grabs the suitcase with the Ethan papers in it. Whitney and, and Teresa go back and forth, like opening and closing the briefcase, or not the briefcase, the suitcase. But uh, Teresa, when she's alone, is like, okay, I'm going to leave. And she sees the papers. And she looks at the papers. And then looking at the papers, she finally notices what she did not last time, which is there's a photo that shows, like, Sam and Ivy together. And on the back it is scrawled Ethan's father, which is a very funny thing to put on the back. Like, why don't you just say Sam Bennett? And then a date. Like, why'd you write Ethan's father? And Teresa's like, that's rare. That's not, that's not Julian Crane. But then she finds the paper, the letter that was addressed to Sam. And it's this paper that reveals that Ethan is Sam's son. So now Teresa knows as well this truth. So who knows? Let's see. Ivy, Pilar, and now Teresa. And Eve also knows. So that's, hmm. Yes. Yes, I think that's all four people. And Sam, you could say, does know because he's been told, but he also doesn't believe it anymore. Um, so it's like four people. And the angel knows, so five. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but that's just, that's what's going on there. That, that knowledge just grows. And it's interesting because Alistair knows that Eve and Julian were uh, together. He knows that secret, but he doesn't know that Ethan is not his grandson. Uh, because if he did, he wouldn't have, like, said, Julian, you're, you're not allowed anymore. Now Ethan's my heir. He definitely would not have done that if he knew that Ethan was not a crane. So it's kind of weird how Alistair knows a lot, but he also sometimes doesn't know things that are constantly being spouted around the mansion. Oh, I don't know. I mean, you just got to have a bit of dis disbelief, suspend your disbelief in these shows, I guess. So that that's okay. Just kind of weird. Um, during this party, Ivy gets drunk. She almost tries to tell Sam the truth, but she doesn't. 
And afterwards, she ends up being like, you know what, Pilar, you're right. We need to destroy those papers. Unfortunately, because Teresa has found the papers, she does something very intelligent in a way, and that she scans the papers into her computer, meaning that Ivy's decision to destroy the papers doesn't matter because Teresa will now have a digital copy of them. Um, so I was like, wow, smart. This is, this is smart. Um, and it's kind of unclear, like, why did she scan the paper? I guess maybe so she could have it in case she needed to use it. Um, but it was kind of unclear to me in the moment, like, why Teresa did that. Uh, but yeah, she did that. Uh, so now, when it does come to Ivy and Pilar destroying the papers, it's too late. The cat's out of the bag. Teresa knows, and she has a copy that she could, like, email or do something with. So that's that going on, you know. Um... What was I thinking about? There was all kinds of stuff, but it was like really just... It's mainly... Oh, I didn't even mention Tabitha getting chained to a tree. Um, but yeah. Um, it's just kind of silly little things that happened. Um, but yeah, what was happening with Teresa and Ethan? There's so much going on. Oh my gosh. Um, thinking, thinking, thinking... Okay, yeah, because Teresa's sad. She runs off to the airport to to leave after she's done that. And pretty much everyone is finding out what Ethan's plans are. Like, all the, quote, adults know in the sense of Ivy finds out. Pilar obviously knew. Rebecca knew. Um, and but this is Julian finds out. And then so does Alistair. I affect, but Gwen still doesn't know. And Ethan finally, you know, gets up in her face to be honest, right? And he says, we have to call off the wedding. He finally says it to Gwen. And he finally is like, you know, we're not going to get married. And she's like, why? <laughs> As you might expect. And he, he finally says, you know, yeah. she kind of asks, Do you, is it another woman? And he's like, yes. And she's like, oh my god, who could it be? I bet, you know, I'll ask Teresa. I, I know she'll know. Um, but then she, like, pauses for a moment. It's like, oh my god, it's Teresa, isn't it? And that's when she goes from, like, upset to, like, really mad, which makes sense. Because here is someone you, you trusted, you thought was your good buddy, and who is... The person that your husband is your 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 fiance is going to leave you for, which is very sad, but maybe Glenn should have saw it coming. I don't know. I don't know. So Alistair was coming in because I think he was getting ready to come for the wedding, um, initially, and while Teresa's in the airport, she runs into him, and he's actually very sweet to her, and I don't think maybe. Now, look, Alistair should know what Teresa looks like. He should know what she looks like because he has cameras all over the Crane Mansion. She's been there so much. He should know that's Teresa. But I'm not sure if he does know. Either way, he's very sweet to her um, because she's, like, crying. So he's very nice to her. Um, and then she goes on to the airport. So, I don't know. Um, so Teresa's on the plane. Rebecca is, like, seducing Julian because they're trying to hatch a plot that maybe, you know, they could be together. They'd be the ultimate power couple. Uh, maybe. I don't know. 
Uh, Ivy's destroying the papers. She's burning them up. But again, too late for that. Um, and at some point, Pilar like pops off. She's like, to Ivy, I am tired of your whining. What about my problems? Because yes, Ivy's always whining to Pilar. And Pilar just like accepts it and is like a good shoulder for her to cry on. But Pilar never expresses her feelings, her troubles to Ivy. And Ivy's like, wow, yeah, you're right. I've been a really bad friend. Uh, do you accept my apology? Pilar's like, yes. But now I want to know where my daughter is uh, because of what Rebecca has done. Um, because they know that Rebecca promised to give her a plane ticket to anywhere in the world. Oh, by the way, Teresa wants to go to Australia because it's like the furthest place away from Harmony. Which is like, damn, girl. What do you mean, dude? Did you get did you get money aside from the plane ticket? Like, I hope so. Um, but yeah, Ethan is like, goes to the airport because he knows she's got to be there. The Korean family have erased her name from like the flight log or whatever though. So he doesn't get to figure it out from there. But instead, he's looking at like the, I don't know, the window to where the, all the planes are. He has like extremely good vision, I guess, because he sees Teresa looking out one of the plane windows. He's like, oh my God, that's her. That's the flight. I gotta go, you gotta stop it. And um, they actually stop it, even though the plane is like taxiing and it's apparently a big deal and FAA regulations are being broken by stopping it. But anyway, he gets on the plane and he's looking around for Teresa. Um, the friend that Teresa has made like on the plane or waiting for the plane tells her like has her crouch down between the seats and like put a blanket over her very funny and Ethan does not fall for it I was like maybe he would because he's stupid but he doesn't he sees the blanket and he's like Teresa get out from under the blanket <laughs> and is basically hashing out things right there in the plane a full plane with lots of people there um, which is kind of stupid, but he's basically like, come on, we gotta get out of here. If you don't, if you leave on this plane, I'll never see you again. Um, and she's like, no, I'm not leaving. And honestly, if if she's really not leaving the plane, then Ethan should be like, okay, I'm coming with you and just like take the plane as well. Take the ride to Australia um, if he can't get her off the plane. But that's where it ended. So like, I don't know what he does or what she does. But that's kind of where I left it, is them kind of bickering on the plane that's kind of waiting to take off to Australia. So I was glad that I finally got to see Ethan tell Gwen face to face, no, he doesn't want to marry her anymore. And he's in love with someone else and that that person is Teresa. Um, and that is obviously a big deal. I think as part of this, when Grant, Gwen runs off to Sheridan's cottage and Luis is there. She's about to spill the beans as well. She's about to tell Luis, like, it's your sister who took him. Um, but she hasn't done that yet. So there's a whole, there's a couple explosions waiting to happen. At least that's one of them. Like, is Luis going to find out? And what is he going to do when he finds out? And then what is going to happen with Ethan and Teresa? Is Teresa going to go to Australia by herself? Is she going to come back to Harmony? What's happening there? You know, those are big deals. Um... And everything else is kind of not as important right now. We haven't seen Hank for a while. He hasn't even tried to kill Sheridan. So, like, is he going to? I don't know. Probably. But he hasn't yet. So we've got so many questions. But really, these last, like, ten episodes were really, 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 really heavily focused on Ethan and Teresa. Which makes sense because this has been the drama that has been occurring since episode one. Is 
that it started all with Teresa loving Ethan from afar, you know, from her society magazines, thinking he's such a beautiful, wonderful man, but she knew nothing about him. Two, when Ethan came back to Harmony after school or whatever he was doing and getting spontaneously, quote, attacked by Teresa time and time again because for some reason they're fated to intertwine, you know, and have these accidents, leading to them all thinking that he had a stalker and her working at the Crane Estate, and finally her disguise being revealed that she is the, quote, stalker, but she was never stalking him. And because Ethan realized she was a nice girl, realized, oh yeah, she was never a stalker. She was just, you know, very accident prone around me. Um, to Gwen believing that Ethan and Teresa were going to have a thing, that Teresa was trying to steal him from her. To her not believing that, and that being around the time when Ethan does start to develop feelings for Teresa, right? I'm not sure when he first starts to have it. He definitely has it when he's on that trip in the Bahamas with her, though, for sure. Um, it might be the first time he starts to realize it. I'm, I, I don't remember exactly. But yeah, from there to this back and forth that, mm, I like her, but I'm Gwen is a woman I'm going to marry, right? saying that same exact thing over and over and over again to Teresa almost dying in a motorcycle accident, which I guess helped fortify Ethan's, you know, resolve to make him realize, yes, truly I love her, to Ethan wanting to tell these women that he loves both of them at the same time, to Ethan deciding, no, I, I clearly cannot marry Gwen when I love Teresa as well to Ethan and Teresa making out all the time and wanting to be together and trying to tell their respective families. And that's where we are now, where people are finding out and no one is happy. <laughs> um, and now we've got an even bigger wrench in the works because Ethan has called off the wedding with Gwen and told her and she knows the truth. But now Teresa believes that Ethan was using her. And Unlike Sheridan, I feel like Teresa would be much more apt to believe Ethan if he said he wasn't using her. She misunderstood. I feel like she would she would fall back in line because she loves him so deeply. But I guess we'll see what happens. Um, unless, like, you know, Luis gets to her when she's still feeling this way and is like, no, see, I told you all Koreans are the same. I, see, I told you this is going to happen and it did happen. Um, so that might you know, with her family on that side of things, she might be swayed against Ethan. I don't know. There's so much to come. There's so much drama. Look how long this podcast was. It was an hour long <laughs> because I have a lot of episodes to cover and a lot to say about kind of just a few topics, really. Um, But yeah, I, I really wanted to see, I really needed to see Ethan finally come clean to Quinn. So that's why I watched the many in one kind of go. It took a long time, but I'm glad I've finally gotten that. I've gotten, finally had a moment to breathe in all these episodes. But yeah, so that's where I am right now. Looking forward to the next episodes, wondering where we're going from here. Uh, very curious to see. And I have to wonder, you know, does the Ethan and Teresa and Gwen thing proceed forever? Like, does this continue to be a, a thing a love triangle for the rest of the series because um, I find that kind of feel like it is but I don't know for sure um, but that's just that's nuts I, I can't 
get I can't deal with this even just 300 episodes and I'm like this is such a roller coaster what can they do now what can they do to continue that but I guess maybe the writers are better than me at thinking of these things and can come up with something good either way that is this episode of passion for passions and uh, we'll be back soon with more episodes quite how many not as many as this episode I don't think but some number of them so thank you for listening we'll be back soon